0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Wonderful. Well, we're going to continue uh, our series, Only Human, and we're going to be looking at the story of Esther. Uh, we looked at Paul and uh, Apollos uh, this morning, and we looked at how they, Paul was writing to the, the Corinthian church and just saying, look, we're not just human. Um, we, we're more than human. We are people who are committed to Christ, and we have a supernatural call upon our lives. And, and so we looked at how that the church, and we as individuals... We, we live in this blinkered world and we have this blinkered world view and, and our experiences and our family and our, um, the, the, all of the, the issues around us that create the person we are, they're the things that blinker us. They, they're the things that educate and train us to think like this and to, to believe a certain view on life. But, but there's a bigger world than the world that we see. And, and the world of Christ is far bigger than the world that we live in. And we have to see that there is a human world and there is a God world. And we were created it for the God world. We were born in the human world, but we were created for the God world. And we were created to live in Christ and to to understand his world and to see him. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So when Jesus was was praying, he wasn't looking at the natural circumstances. He wasn't looking at the poverty. He wasn't looking at the Pharisees. He wasn't looking at the opposition. He wasn't looking at his mangy disciples. (laughs) He wasn't looking at the failures of the people around him. He was looking... Into Heaven he was looking into the God world he was looking, and what he saw the Father doing he did. he saw another world, his world perception was shifted and changed, and he just simply did that and and this series, only Human, is about us understanding our humanity, not not trying to not trying to get out of our humanity in some kind of weird mystical kind of way, but simply understanding I am human, but I am supernatural in Christ. I am natural, but I am super in it. I am a natural being, but God has put a supernatural spirit man inside of me, and my spirit man, the supernatural, the nature of Christ, is going to rule over this natural man. I am a natural man, but the supernatural man is going to reign, is going to give the the give the commands of life is going to lead my life my life is going to be led by a supernatural life and a supernatural faith I'm not going to be constrained by my natural world experiences and my fears, my failings, my misunderstandings, even my hopes and dreams of natural events. But I am going to be led by the Spirit of Christ in me. The Bible says, we read this morning in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, the, uh, the Holy Spirit lives in the temple. A temple is created to, to house something it 's a place, a house, a place of worship, a place of offering well that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, a building god 's building god 's um, god 's fellow worker, and so there is a supernatural calling, a mandate upon your life that you might not see it, you might not feel it, but it exists over you amen, and so this morning I want, this evening I want to tell the story of Esther and to be honest with you it's not the easiest story to tell especially if you don't know the story of Esther and and I'm aware that there may be people here today and you might not know the story of Esther and who she was. Esther is a is an unusual book um it's sort of sort of just sort of tucked um at the end of um all of the stories of the kings and, and it's sort of tucked in there. Um, and uh, so here we have this this book of Esther and and Esther is the story um, set in the time period um, after about the 5th century BC and it's sort of after the... the um, it's about four generations after the Jews were captured uh, from Israel and taken uh, to Babylon and then there's a shift of empires and uh, Esther is in this sort of fourth generation of people, of Jews that are living uh, in a foreign land. And the amazing thing, as I said this morning about the story of Esther, is that Esther is, uh, the book of Esther never mentions God. And it never mentions God. It, 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 prophecy is never spoken and priests never minister. And it's a very deliberate story for us to see that it, the, the book is about us. It's about us in our everyday. It's about us understanding that in our humanity, God is supernaturally working. Yeah. That in the everyday, the normal, the sort of the day trials, and sure, what Esther went through wasn't normal by any means, but it was kind of those one of those life experiences we all have life experiences that are not found in the church they you know they're just they we have things going on at work and things going on with family and things going on around the world stuff that's to do with us and and it's just everyday sort of events and sometimes they're unusual but you can't you don't know the god nature within it yet within that god wants us to know that he's working through us and there is a supernatural call that rests upon us, which is greater than our natural. And this is the story of Esther that she walks this journey. She she represents the believer, the Christian, the person who is just living their life. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna pick up this story. Um, uh, uh, let me, In fact, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll just introduce to you the setting. And I'll, I'll go through. Um, it's set at a time, as I say, in 5 BC. And King uh, Ahasuerus reigns over an empire that extends from India to Ethiopia. His capital city is a place called Shushan. Which I always think is quite funny. You think it's, oh, it's in China. <laughs> and uh, Shushan. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Shushan is, uh, is actually, it's a town, it's still, um, it's still uh, in existence today, it's uh, considerably smaller, it's been ransacked as you can imagine, it's an ancient, ancient city and um, y- it's amazing how you get these civilizations, you go to London and you think it's old and, and then you go to Rome and you realise that London is actually quite young. And, and then you go to the Middle East and you realize that Rome is actually really quite young. And uh, <laughs> and it kind of goes like that. And and so here are these amazing uh, places. And Shushan uh, is the capital city of what was an incredible empire that reached from India on one side and Ethiopia on the other. So it, it's a vast empire, um, ruled and... If you look through the Bible and you look through these amazing... You you see kings raise up and you see bad kings and you see... uh, And God always... They they always get the comeuppance, don't they? The bad king always gets a slap from God in the end. And uh, so... But then you see rulers of empires. And they're all actually... Even though they're not believers of God, they're always... You can tell they're really great leaders. Not necessarily nice leaders... Not necessarily I mean friendly, they're quite happy to hack off your head if you they don't like you, but they're not necessarily wicked leaders. They're just they're leaders who are ruling smartly ruling an empire, smartly ruling and reigning. And this King Ahasaurus, he is um, he is reigning he reigns with uh, men who speak into his life he, he's often asking them what they think and he has his advisors and they he rules an amazing empire and in his time the story is set at a time when he is having a party and he's got a he's got uh, a beautiful wife who he wants to show off to his mates and uh, because what else you do with beautiful wives right and uh, so and because he's he's got you know, he's the king, and he's got the most beautiful um, wife, and he wants to show her off. But she doesn't want to be shown off, so um, because he divorces her because she sort of humiliated him, and um, so I understand his pain. And uh, <laughs> so, so, so the so the story goes that he he divorces his wife, gets rid of her, and then. Um, he sets a standard that every man must be man over his, his own house and amen to that and and then but then after a year he suddenly starts to get a bit lonely you know it's like I got rid of my wife and now the bed's cold and it's like you know what do you do and so he decides because he's king um, and he can he kind of sets up this kind of X Factor style competition <laughs> where he goes around and gathers thousands of young, beautiful women in these sort of regional finals um, (laughs) to sort of get them together, all these beautiful girls. And and the ones who kind of make it to the televised final, um, he sort of brings to his palace, where um, in his palace they get treated to a year spa treatment. (laughs) And uh, at the end of their spa treatment um, of a whole year of beautification, they they get this sort of. He he takes each one on a trial run, like for one night, like you would a car uh, if you wanted to buy a car. And uh, it's you know it's the world. It's not the church. We don't approve, but it's what I'm just telling the story. <laughs> I'm trying to express it, I mean, I could read it to you, but i 'll be here forever, and I'll probably just doze off if I do it in bible language so i 'm just telling it in modern language and uh, because that 's what he did, and uh, so he, he he takes each one on a trial and um, but then it comes sort of esther 's turn, and so Esther enters the story, and so we 're going to read from um, we're going to read from Esther uh, chapter 2 and verse 5. Esther chapter 2 and verse 5 in Shushan, <laughs> The citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jaya, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the ca- uh, captives who had been captured for, uh, from Jeconiah king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan, the capital, under the custody of uh, Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him and she obtained his favour, so he readily gave her beauty preparations to her, besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Esther had not revealed her people or family for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it and every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of her father's welfare and what was happening to her now uh, this is a huge story and to be honest with you I could, you could preach on this story the story of Esther is actually a story as much about Esther as actually it's about also Mordecai and Mordecai in many senses is is kind of there are two heroes Esther is the heroine, but Mordecai is also really... And from a a biblical point of view, Mordecai represents the Holy Spirit. He represents the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit working in Esther's life, who represents the Christian. And he's the wise counselor. He's the one who's faithfully with her. He's the one who encouraged her and got her into that place. Uh, And uh, now she's there. He's there constantly around making sure he hasn't you know other family members they're like yeah my daughter's at the palace but he's at the palace he wants to make sure she's okay he wants to get news of how she's keeping and pass on information and so so in this story we look at Esther, and what I want to do tonight is just have a look at how Esther, she kind of has four or maybe five phases of her life, and what I want to do tonight is kind of look at the phases that she's going through, and how God begins to work through her life. And the first phase, I would say, is the orphan phase. She was orphaned, raised by her cousin, Mordecai, and in the story we know nothing of any of the extended family. We don't know whether Mordecai had a wife, whether he had younger children, um, whether... We don't know anything about that. All we know that Mordecai, an older cousin, had taken Esther as his own daughter and taken care of her. And Esther's life really starts like pretty much anyone else's. It's It's a story of being disadvantaged. It's a story... Uh, Of of, of life starting pretty badly. Basically she's been orphaned. She's a Jew in a country that don't really appreciate Jews. Um, They're kind of second-rate citizens. They're the ones who would do the the more menial tasks. Um, And uh, so there she is and she's raised and she's disadvantaged by not having any parents with her who can um, make sure that she can find a, a good or even a wealthy husband and so Mordecai's taken her in but really life there's a, there is a there is hope within her life but there's also tragedy within her life and the reality is there is just nothing profound except for the fact that she's beautiful now she's beautiful but she doesn't really know it yet she's got wisdom but she doesn't know how to reveal it yet. Now, this is the reality of our lives. God puts incredible things into our lives, but often we don't know it yet and we haven't been able to reveal it yet because we haven't been able to appreciate what has been put into us. Uh, You know, Cheryl and I are often amazed at, at what exists in a person's life and how much we don't appreciate As individuals, we don't appreciate ourselves. Women more than men. Hello? Felt like I pressed the wrong button there. Women don't appreciate themselves. That's the default. It's the default. Thank you, darling. It's the default. It's the default mode of a woman to think less of herself. It's the default mode of a man to think perhaps slightly too much of himself. (laughs) but not always actually appreciate who he fully is. And that's the, you know, we, we tend to think, guys think they're stronger than what they really are and they can drive better than what they really can. It kind of fits in those two. And they can play football better than what they really can. It kind of falls into those few categories, really, doesn't it? And, and so... <laughs> um, but women tend not to... Believe in their capacity so much. They hold themselves back a little bit more than who they are. And Esther is just a simple girl being raised by a loving cousin who's taken her and there obviously is a close bond in the family and she is just a beautiful young lady who doesn't know who she's called to be. And you know, it says in Jeremiah 1, 7, it says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you should go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. You know, there are many things we say about ourselves, I can't do. Do not say, I am too old. Do not say, I am too poor. Do not say, I am not educated. Do not say, I am not experienced. Do not say, I cannot go. Do not say these things, for God says, I will send you. You see, see the issue with Esther's life is that God was sending her. She just had to be in the right place. You see, this is with you. God is sending you. God is moving you. God is working through you. You've just got to put yourself in a place of, you know what, I, I'm not going to back off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep standing because God can do something in my life. And so Esther's life, she starts off as an orphan and quite extraordinary, but somehow she finds herself moving from this orphan time where God is investing into her, but she doesn't know what's being invested. The Bible says, raise a child. What does it say? In the ways of God. Raise a child in the ways of God and he will not depart from it. In other words, what has been invested into a person will eventually come out. And you know, we discovered this. One of the one of the things we discovered is that kids who've been raised in a godly home, but they go in a good family, but they go off the rails, are really easy to get back in comparison to those who were raised in chaos. Chaos. Those who are raised in chaos, if, they, if there's no framework. For something solid, it's much harder for them to find that because it wasn't put in them. And so it has to be laid fresh. And so they have, there's a lot more work. But when we, we found that with, with those who, who've, who've gone off the rails, they come you, because something was invested. And you know, I want you to know, see, God's put something amazing in your life. And often we don't know what that amazing is. And we know Even people who are raised actually in chaos. Maybe your life was raised in chaos, but you'll be surprised at what God has done in your life, even when you didn't know it was God, because it wasn't in church, or it wasn't in Sunday school, or it wasn't... But see, God, God can be in the school teacher speaking a word of encouragement when everyone else is discouraging you. Are you with me here? You see, see God works through it every circumstance. God is in the middle of this pagan nation who worship foreign gods. We've got to understand God's in the middle of all of this. And there isn't anything of the nature, we don't hear his name because the people are not worshipping him. The Jews are there and we don't really know even how strong their faith was toward God, but we just know that they were Jews and they, they lived as Jews. So we know that they identified themselves as children of God. Does that make sense to you? But other than that, we don't know. But see, God is still investing. He's still investing into your life. Amen? Now, here's an important aspect. Esther goes from the orphan phase of her life to the chosen. Now, this is a critical time because there are times in our lives when we get blessed. See, she went with all the other women... She gets past the first elimination process. She gets to the finals. But she gets chosen, but she hasn't been crowned. And you know what I've noticed in life, that people kind of miss it because they get blessed, they get chosen for something, and they feel like they've arrived. I've seen people, Christians, who get a, a prophetic word that they're going to do something mighty for God. You would think be, they've been given the world. Well, it's wonderful. They have. They've been given opportunity, but they, they haven't been crowned. They've just been chosen. I remember getting a call from God and uh, to 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 be a pastor. I remember getting that that call from God to be a pastor. And there were many times I tried to make being a pastor happen. It was called trying to crown yourself. <laughs> It didn't work. It was just me in my enthusiasm thinking, well, I, I'm called, so therefore I'm chosen. Yeah. And you know, this is an important aspect of your life, that, that if you are blessed, if something great blessing comes upon your life, this is not the time to push yourself forward. Now, I want you to see something here in Esther chapter 2. Verse 13. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. Now, I think that's quite funny. I can imagine one of them taking... I want to take my T.Y. with me. And uh, I, want to take, I want to take my cuddly toy. I want to take... What do I want, what do I want to take with it? I want my mascara. One could have said, I want my iPad. Headphones, this is going to be boring. <laughs> I don't know, you could take anything you like. What did they take? You can imagine going, oh, what could I do? What could I take? What could I do? I'm going to take my favorite scarf. <laughs> but Esther, in verse 14, says this. And in the, uh, it says, um, in the evening she went, and in the morning she... Uh, sorry, it's not Esther. In the m- evening she went, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women, the, uh, of the custody of Shajgas, they had some cool names, didn't they? Shajgas, hello, lady. My name is Shajgas. I may be cool, but unfortunately, I'm a concubine. <laughs> Concubine. No, he wasn't a concubine, he was a eunuch. What am I going on? Ruin that joke, and you laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the king's eunuch who kept the concubines. She would not go to the king again unless the king delighted in her and called her by name. Now, when the term came for Esther, the daughter of Abby Hale. The uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Hegei, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Now, Esther had been raised to listen to Mordecai. And she had lived her life doing what Mordecai had told her to do. When she entered the house, everything changed. And suddenly, she hasn't got Mordecai, and so she very wisely goes to the wisest person and listens to what they've got to say that she might walk in favour and grace. It says that she found more favour... Do you know what i found with people who find favour? Is they're not called lucky. It's not luck. It's called wisdom. It's called the fact that they found favour because they walked with grace and they walked with humility. They walked with gentleness. They walked with kindness. They walked with respect. They walked in a way. And you know what? We can discover you want the supernatural things of God to work, supernaturally work through your life you've got to remember at this point in Esther's life she's on this incredible journey but nothing's happened yet she doesn't even know why it's happening apart from the fact she's beautiful and the king hasn't got a wife but the true destiny hasn't been revealed and so so she's just there but still in all of this she's not making any moves other than what is being given to her. Even though she's chosen, she didn't, she didn't show off her beauty. She didn't advertise her gift. She didn't promote her ministry. She didn't say what she could do. She just walked in favour and she walked in grace and she listened to those who have wisdom in her life and her life in that she had increasing grace, increasing favour and and was able to go beyond what all the other girls were living in. And you know, in our lives, if you want to do the supernatural, you want to go more, we've got to understand that we've just got to listen to the wise words that are being spoken over our life, spoken. Have a heart that is constantly listening to wisdom being spoken. You know, I can imagine, you've got all those girls in there, what was the gossip like? Hello? Yeah. We all know. It just get everyone, just get a whole crowd of people. Boys or girls, it doesn't matter. The boys gossip, they just do it in another way. In sort of... We just, we just do it differently. <coughs> yeah. And, but we know what the girls all together saying, and just the way they would interact... They would look at each other. Oh, wow, Look at you. You're looking so beautiful. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh no, I no, I haven't. I, I feel awful. I've only just got up. Oh, I make up perfect. <laughs> <laughs> look at your lovely dress. Oh, I've just uh, yeah, I've just got this. It must be really expensive. No, it was really cheap. I didn't pay much for it. And. And just all of that constant, just interaction. And Esther, she didn't, she wasn't in that. She wanted to find out from the boss guy who had all the knowledge what was really going on. And she got that information, not how just to make her mascara look better, to make her eyes look bigger, to to have her hair just so perfect and to enhance her cheekbones. She wasn't, it wasn't just that. Her beauty came from the humility of her heart to listen. And you know, you know, within all of our lives beauty is found in a person's life when they stop to listen and they ask the question and they let someone speak into their life and you know, I found in my own life that that you know there are many opportunities for you to stand up and say, Oh, I think this or I think that but I found that God's grace has been on me when I've just listened. And just, just to listen. Listen to the voice. You know, um quite a funny uh this has happened to me many times over the years, but When I'm walking along, I'm praying, I just, I walk and pray, as you know, and sometimes you just hear a voice, a little voice, just say something to you. Sometimes I take notice and sometimes I don't. So the other day I'm walking uh, my prayer time, I'm walking with a dog, and I hear the Lord, I'm praying away, and I just hear the Lord say, don't walk that way, walk the other way, take the other path. So I think, well, I don't want to take the other path. The other path is longer. It's up a hill. I don't want to go up a hill. I think I've worked my thigh muscles enough today. I just want to get back. So I'm going to go back, and I start walking, but I just hear that, don't walk that way. Walk the other way. So I, t- I turn around, and I walk the other way. You know what happened? Nothing. I just got home. Nothing happened. <laughs> So, I know, it's amazing, isn't it? So, today, I get, into, I get in early, the ladies came back, Cheryl, I don't know what time they got back, but it was like today, they got back, they got back today, last night, and uh, so they get back, and so they, Joe and I leave early, we get um, to get into church for worship practice, and uh, while they're worshipping practice, I'm you know, I'm just sort of working on my Starbucks <laughs> worshipping practice. Is it worship <laughs> sure, I doesn't I don't go, do you? And uh I don't even know what it is. And so So I'm walking I'm walking up towards Starbucks, my place of prayer and worship and I'm walking out and I'm I'm going around the corner I think and I've got Starbucks at Holborn Junction, a Starbucks down at um, Huntley Street, the corner of Huntley Street, and I want to go to that. I want to go to the one at Huntley Street. I don't want to go to Holborn. <coughs> go to Huntley Street. And I hear this little voice say, "Don't go to Holborn. <laughs> go to Huntley Street." Yeah, right, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, so I carry on walking and I get all the way. I hear, and several times the voice said, "Don't go to the one at Hol- 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 you don't go to Hol- um, Huntley street go to Holborn junction don't go to Huntley street but i go anyway and when, you know when i get there the door is shut <laughs> and the woman is stuffed she's leaning against the door i went you open today and she goes yeah stuff somebody slept here and we're not and i'm walking around go- i can hear the holy ghost just going <laughs> 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 and i are going to realise, you know, this is a fact, right? You see, had I gone, had I listened and I'd gone, I would never have known what he saved me from. Yeah. I wasn't saved much, you know, it was just an inconvenience. But he just wanted me to get the coffee quicker so that we could commune more. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I know. and, and you see, so on the other day, when I did do, what did He save me from? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, come on. I don't know what He saved me from. Because I, He just wanted me to enjoy my walk and have my prayer time and not, not have any inconvenience this is the reality. God is speaking to us and He wants us to listen. But often we, we do listen and because nothing happened when we did listen, we think nothing happened. But nothing was supposed to happen. He, didn't, he wanted nothing to happen because He didn't want something to happen that shouldn't. Yeah, and so we, we you've got to listen yeah. and take in what's being spoken into our lives because often God actually just simply wants your life to be of peace and not of trial or of anguish. Amen? Now, Esther comes to the final phase. Actually, it's not the final phase of her life, because she... It comes to the sacrifice phase of her life. And we get to this part where Esther discovers why she found such favour. See, you've got to remember, up to this point, Esther is in the palace, as far as she's concerned, because she's beautiful. Right? Now... She might have grace and just, I can't believe this is happening to me, but she would still know she is beautiful and she does her favor. She's got no other reason to think that she's there for anything else because she doesn't know what else is going on. But what happens, for those of you who don't know the story, that there is a bad man called Haman. Mm. And <laughs> Haman is a... Haman's sort of... He's like, he's like the devil, right? And Haman turns up and he hates the Jews, he hates Mordecai, um, and Mordecai is a man of just huge personal strength and character, a man of great respect, a man of honor who saves the king's life um, by uh, discovering a plot to kill him. Mordecai is just an incredibly faithful and, and good man, but he won't bow and scrape to Haman who is a wicked man. And so Haman's so angry with Mordecai, he's so angry that Mordecai is a Jew that he decides not to just have Mordecai killed, but have all the Jews killed. And Mordecai goes to Esther and says to Esther and says, Look, this is why you were put into this place. And so we're going to pick up that piece of scripture in Esther chapter four and verse thirteen. Told them to reply to Mordecai. Go gather all the Jews who are present at Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, uh, night or day. My maid and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, for, for Esther to save the life of all the Jews, she had to go to the king, and to go to the king was illegal. If you went to the king when she did, he, you did, he didn't call you, then it was instant death. Unless he held out the golden scepter that accepted you in his presence. And so for her to go to the king to plead for the Jews and she hadn't been called for a whole month then she could have been killed. But Esther discovered that all that favour and all that blessing was more than just for her own benefit because God liked her more than anybody else. She was there for a reason. You see... Favor and blessing upon your life is not because you're cool. It's not because you're clever. It's not because God just loves you and He wants to bless you more than anyone else. Well, you know what? God loves everyone in the world, and some people have nothing. So the fact that you've got something means that there is an amazing amount of responsibility. Upon your life to listen to what God wants you to do. Keith Green, the famous uh, singer, uh, died in, I think, probably 1982 in a plane crash, age 28. He'd recorded a few albums, incredible singer, and just worshiper of God. And he said, You have to assume that you are called to go unless God has specifically told you to stay. In other words, You've got to assume that everything that is upon your life, every blessing, every good thing is upon your life, is on you because He wants you to do something significant you have to assume you've got to understand see Esther didn't know because she had never seen it she'd never heard it she didn't get it and suddenly she comes to the point of the reason why she's in the king's palace why she has the favour of the king why the king has fallen madly in love with her while all of these incredible blessings while all the king's staff think she's adorable while everyone is just walking around wow Esther isn't Esther amazing oh look there's Esther I saw Esther Everyone's going on about how incredible Esther is, the beautiful Esther, and suddenly it all begins to dawn her. She needs all the favour she can get to undo a wicked plot to destroy God's chosen people, the Jews. And suddenly, she begins to realise to do that, she has to sacrifice her life. To do that, she has to give up and be prepared to say, if I perish, I perish. But I will give my life for the saving of another person. I will give my life. I will rise to the opportunity of fulfilling the call. You know, there is an amazing call that rests upon our lives. But there always comes a point when we are prepared to say, You know what? I am going to make the hard decision. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there. And there have been many hard decisions we've had to make over the years and when we moved to Scotland and it's not like coming before a king where you can lose your you lose your head but i had to we sold our business and we sold our house and uh, and we came up and we couldn't afford we we gave up everything we had financially and we gave it because we felt god was was telling us to go but the fact is i had a business to sell and a house to sell in fact when we got married, it, we got married about a year before most of our sort of friends got married, and it was at the point when probably prices were really going up and going up. And we got married, but my business wasn't strong enough to buy anything, and so any house, so I couldn't afford a mortgage, so uh, we just rented, and then our friends, they all started getting married, but they could afford, because they were they were in just sort of proper jobs, not like business, <laughs> and they were in jobs with salaries and uh, where well, I was I was in a job paying other people money <laughs> but not really taking much for myself and so so they were they were getting mortgages and buying houses in this incredibly buoyant property market and then and then the market um eventually i think it was about 1991 um, some of the, 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 the property prices just nosedived; they collapsed, and, and in that time period, house prices started coming down. But my business was going up, and so eventually we were able to buy a house. And we looked at all these different houses to buy. And remember, we went into an estate agent, and he said, "Look, this house—it's not actually on the market officially yet. It's—it's a, it's a bungalow. Now, it's a semi-detached bungalow." It was in a row of semi-detached bungalows with a lot of very old people living in them. They were granny houses. Right? But this house was on... And they wanted a quick sale. The old lady um, was was going uh, to live with her son. She couldn't live there anymore. And, and she just... They wanted to sell it quick. And the house was... So we went round, saw it, put on an offer, got a mortgage, bought the house. And then four, five years later we get a call to go to Scotland. Now in that whole time period, my brother lived in a house. He had a two bedroom semi, uh, sorry, terrace house. Two bedroom terrace house. Been on the market for six years. Never sold it. Couldn't sell it. Nobody wanted it. He said to me at this time, he says, when are you going to go to Scotland? I said, when we sell our house. He went, yeah, good luck on that. Because five years later the property, the, the property market is still down nowhere and so we, I said well we can't afford to go unless we sell we, we have to sell because we need, we need the capital to come and start a church and the two amazing facts is this we bought the only type of house that was selling houses which old people want to buy because <laughs> old people didn't have mortgages they had cash And two, they were the only houses that went up in value. So all our friends were in flats which which went down in value. They were in negative equity. And we were in a house which went up in value and the first people who walked through the door bought it. And so my brother said to me in September, When are you going to go? We sold it in the October and moved in the November. And that was that. That was just, that was the end. We were gone. Now, why did we buy that house? Weren't we just so clever? Were we the right people? were we the right place at the right time? No. God blessed us with favor. Why? Because he wanted us to have that favor for one particular reason. Because he wanted us to plant a church in Aberdeen. Yeah. You see, God does incredible things in your life. And you might not even know. And While we're in that house, we had seasons where we struggled. We got three months behind it. The business was struggling at times. And sometimes we never got enough money to pay our wages. And we couldn't pay. I'm paying all my staff, but I couldn't pay me. And sometimes I couldn't pay the mortgage. And sometimes you're like, oh, I'm struggling to pay the phone bill. How many knows what that feels like? when you're just on the edge, on the very edge, hanging on, doing what you can, working day, working night, working this way, pushing that way. All that time, we were blessed with great favour because God wanted us to plant a church. God wanted us to pay the price. And I want you to know that God is calling us to pay a price, to serve Him, and He's blessed you that you can. He's given you favour so that you can. And Esther was blessed because she was called to pay a price, to give it up, that the Jewish people might be saved, that she might give her life for such a time. She was called for such a time, and you have been called too for such a time. I want you to know that your natural world is far more empowered with the supernatural than you could possibly imagine God is working in the very mundane he's involved in your bank account he's involved with your assets he's involved with your studies he's involved with your workplace he's in that nasty boss's head that you work for he's in his life he's moving circumstances and situations he gets around your neighbours the noisy ones who annoy you he gets around the people who are next to you. You know what we've been given. I know I'm preaching. I should stop now, but I don't. We we've been we have just the most amazing. God has given us just the most amazing neighbors. I'm saying that because I think they listen to the podcasts and <laughs> 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 and uh, and God has has blessed us with the most amazing neighbors and and. Uh, we just have the most incredible conversations about the presence of the Holy Spirit, and 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 uh, because God is is in their life, and and you know, I I want you to understand something that that God does incredible things in your life, and He does it for a reason. Why have we got amazing neighbours? I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but they're not there by accident. God has ordained this day for them. What is that? What is the point? Well, maybe we're a blessing. Maybe they, God, has got something for their life, and we're here to bless them. Yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're, at the moment we're just blessing each other. We give them eggs. They, I don't know what they give us, but they go. Yeah. <laughs> cakes. Cakes. They give us cakes. They do lots of cakes actually. Coffee. We had coffee. Oh, i going home. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, see God God does incredible things.